Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. everybody and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. This is episode number 221 and it is our worst of fame episode, our 2024 worst of fame episode, uh, one of our one of our favorites. Um, so we're going to be going through uh, our ballot this year to uh, possibly elect some new members into the worst of fame. Uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it should be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, For those of you who are new listeners, um, or maybe if you just forgot, our current Worst of Fame members are Bill Hall, Jason Marquis, Jeff Supan, Jerome Williams, Mike Pelfrey, Danny Espinoza, and Jeremy Guthrie. So uh, that's a real murderer's row of (laughs) of bad guys. We hope to add a few more on this year. Um, We'll get to that in a moment, but first to uh, tie up a few odds and ends from the uh, Cubs convention. Uh, there were a few things that we've just forgot to mention because it was such a marathon of uh, of an episode and a recording session. Um, one of those, Jeremy, is our our old friend Trump Cubs jersey guy was back. Um, we spotted him on the uh, you know the very top level outside of the big auditorium, and um, Jeremy, it was uh, it, it was a surprise to see him, I guess. So Jack, yeah, I saw him. Where, remind me again of like exactly where we saw him because I thought I saw him in the autograph lines. I think it was it was kind of by the elevators where we got Napoli right outside the big auditorium. I think that's oh, that yeah. the first place we that's, saw him. You're right. He, he was he was at the blue carpet. Like basically, yes. yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I remember like seeing him. I couldn't remember the exact setting, but yeah, it was at the blue carpet, of course. Um, yeah, and he was and at she- the spot where the kids usually stand. So. Yes, and Jeremy, at first, at first, you weren't sure if that was him, and you know, I, I, I looked at him and confirmed <laughs> it was him, and then you said, "Yeah, I'd be sure if it was him if I could smell his fucking breath." <laughs> so yeah, okay. that was a, that was a real that was a good one. That's right. Um, yes, that uh, <laughs> that definitely bared uh, revisiting that to make sure that that got on record. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. He wasn't wearing his Trump jersey this time. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he would. I mean, I assume he wore it at the game that day that we saw him. So whatever. Right. Um, we we are gonna see that guy again, Jeremy. I, I can tell you that much. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Well, it is the election year too, so we'll see what happens. But. <laughs> Um, luckily the season will be over by then, but, um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, I also, um, wanted to bring up, uh, amongst all the guys that we got, um, we didn't really talk about getting Jim Deshays and Boog Shambi again this year. Um, we went back in their line again this year and got them. Um, I got Boog on a, a, the Cubs Wrigley field card. Um, Jack, you, did you get Boog or not? Uh, he gave me like a card he had pre-signed, which was kind of lame. But um, you know, right. I did. I got JD again too on a like a, a a card as well. So that was that was cool. Yeah, and so I got JD on another card. I I was kind of carrying it around, although I w- I was kind of like not going to stop him at Wrigley if I ever ran into him, just to not, you know, because I already got him. Right. But considering the the setting, I brought a card with uh, with me, and it was his 1991 Stadium Club card, and uh, I'm I'm. I'm kind of working on this subset of getting pitchers who are batting mm-hmm. um, uh, card signs. So this in this particular card, Jim Deshays is 
is like squared up to bunt. Um, and he's also at Wrigley Field, you can tell from the background. And so I put it down for JD to sign. And uh, he said, oh, uh, trying to lay the bunt down at, at Wrigley. And uh, and uh, I think I'm trying to. Yeah. So so Jeremy, what he said was uh, he goes, oh, laying a bunt down at Wrigley or trying to. That's it. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and and that that sounded like something he would say during a broadcast. So that was yeah. that was kind of cool. The the or trying to part is what made it sound like it was on TV. Definitely. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what he said. And so um so I I said like, "Oh, I'm sure you got it down." And he <laughs> like he he kind of chuckled at it and laughed. Um but Jack, you know, I I don't have it in front of me, but I I actually so okay, we should say there's this guy on Instagram. I think his name is like TA27 or something, mm-hmm. um, where he goes through um, baseball cards and tries to uh, find out where the photo was from. Yeah, and uh, this guy's amazing. Um, I wish I had his uh, his handle in front of me here, but uh, I'm searching my Instagram really quick, but I can't find it. He hasn't posted anything in a while. Um, he post, didn't post anything today. TA TA twenty four cards is his mm-hmm. name. Um, that's his username. And so I was kind of inspired by him. So I actually looked up um, his baseball reference, and I looked at the nineteen ninety season for games that he played at Wrigley Field. And sure enough, um, in a game he came up and and he laid down a sacrifice bunt uh, to move like the guy over from from first to second. Um, and it was it was off of Greg Maddox of all people too. Nice. I'm pretty sure that that's the thing. So I actually wanted to um, to tweet at him and say like, hey, you know, I'm not sure if you remember me from the convention, but just to follow up, you you did get that bunt down. So yeah, and you got it off uh, Greg Maddox, no less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I should do that. Um, He seems to kind of be somewhat active on Twitter. I don't haven't really been on Twitter too much lately, but um, but yeah, I think that would be kind of cool to to point out to him. Yeah, heck yeah, man, for sure. Um, so, so yeah, so that was, that was that. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, and we'll, we'll have to like, kind of like look more into this for next year. Um, but I joined, there was like a Facebook group, um, that kind of popped up, uh, that I found as the convention was happening. And it was, you know, it was just like a Cubs convention, Facebook group. Um, and man, the people in the Cubs convention facebook group are complete and utter idiots um <laughs> they're just the stupid like listen i uh, you know you think about the people who would go to a cubs convention like the majority like there's so many people there there's thousands of people at this convention so like you know it's gonna break down amongst like percentages of these people and these and those people whatever there's a percentage of people that are cool. There's a percentage of people who are there with their kids, you know, mm-hmm. but then there's a percentage of just bonehead idiot fans. Right. And so it seems like all the, the boneheads are on this Facebook group. Um, and so uh, just real quick, this Jack, I didn't mention this one yet, but um, someone posted like the day after the convention, um, the day after the convention, a bunch of people posted like, Hey, I lost a bag of, of autographed baseballs somewhere. Does any, did anyone happen to pick it up? Like, <laughs> This stupid shit. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm sure someone, you know, is going to turn that in. This one is ridiculous. But so this this woman posted uh, and I took a screenshot of it. She, she posted, I lost a small black phone charger with the letters NSBA on it, either during bingo or while getting autographs. It was an award. And although not valuable, it is irreplaceable. I would uh, love to get it. I would love to get it back. Thank you in advance. 
and there's two comments there are two comments on it um as i took the screenshot the one first comment said by joshua anderson says i have it and then it doesn't say exactly how many minutes after but it was within the hour he wrote back no i don't just joking (laughs) it's like what the fuck like what is like and then you look at this guy's picture and he looks like the kind of guy who would post that yeah like what a fucking tool like um I, I can't, it's not even we don't have enough time to, to break down that whole post just like the absurdity of a phone tra- like what yeah, yeah whatever How, phone charger that was like a, an award I, that's what I don't get but I'm not gonna get into that plus the guy's an idiot uh, who po- who commented on it and it's just like it's ridiculous so there's that yeah Jeremy there, my experience with phone chargers too is that they kind of start to get shitty or die after a while and you need to you need to replace them at least all the ones I've had so I mean it's just a it's like you know you can buy a $30 phone charger at Target Yeah you can get one even cheaper than that if like if you if you're like you know like you could get an Apple one for like that much you can get a a generic one for even cheaper Yeah and it's like who I don't understand I mean maybe we don't have to get into it but like a phone charger that was a an award and it replaced like what what are we talking about here like people just <laughs> forget their phone chargers and they just move on with their lives like i don't get it like and i'm not made of money but it's like if i left a phone charger behind i'd be like i'll just get another one it's not a big deal like i i don't i don't understand that part of it but whatever um so so yeah that, that i had it that was that that in and of itself is a great summation of what this like cubs uh group was uh was like basically um so so yeah so there's that i'm looking forward to more of that next year um one thing that happened uh the night i think it was the night before the convention started maybe thursday night or thursday afternoon um this was the same group where everyone was like complaining about the vouchers going away and being like oh it's gonna be a shit show like thank god good good thing i'm not going like forget it this thing is this thing sucks now ever since you know uh a year or two ago these fucking whiny complaining little babies um but this one guy so every it was all doom and gloom and fucking like defcon 5 and like people freaking out like about like oh it's gonna be horrible it's gonna be horrible and it's like again 60 autographs whatever it whatever i got it's like fucking take that like you, you little crybabies yep but one guy was po- one guy posted like on thursday like hey uh how's it looking for people signing up because people kept saying like well good, good good luck you better sign up but you better get in line monday night uh you know for the friday uh, autographs or whatever because it's going to be that shitty and so some guy post some someone asked like what you know what's going on are there any lines happening and some guy posted a, a, a picture of a line that had started um in the hotel for people lining up to get um like first dibs on the the like charity signings mm-hmm. so we haven't really talked we i guess maybe we talked about it a little bit but there were these charity signings um that you you pay like 200 bucks for or whatever and you get to you get to um, you and a guest get to you know have an auto, have like time with a cub you know Dansby Swanson or like Ryan Sandberg wasn't there this year but um, you know guys like that uh, Billy Williams whatever and so like I guess people get in line so they can get one of these autographs uh, they can buy a, a ticket to one of these like private autograph sessions but like you know I looked at it on Friday evening. And the only one that was sold out was like Dansby Swanson or something. It's mm-hmm. like, 
you know, like I don't see why you have to line up that early to do it. But this guy lined up. Um, he was going to spend the night in the lobby Thursday night to like line up through the night to get in the front of this line or whatever. He wasn't even in the front of the line, no. but people, people were saying like, Oh, it's crazy that you're doing that, whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, uh, I look at it like this. Um, you know, I stand, I, I wait in line. It's only, he said, he goes, he goes like, it's only like 16 hours or something. And he's like, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, you get a buddy to trade off with and you know, you take turns and you know, you go sleep for a couple hours and then you tag out and then he goes and sleeps for a couple hours. Uh, and that way, and he goes like, and that way you have peace of mind, uh, you know, for Saturday, so that's one less guy that you got to get because you waited in line and paid for this thing for this fucking $200 to meet this one guy. And I, w- I was showing, I was telling you Jack about it and it's just like, it's insane. I mean, it's insane that people do that, but also it's like he, the, his usage of the term peace of mind is like, I don't think that that's what peace of mind actually is. I think peace of mind is like, you know, like getting, getting like like maybe buying some maybe like pre-purchasing someone's autograph like at a store and then say like well then then i don't have to get them or something but like waiting inconveniencing yourself for like 16 hours and staying up overnight in line is not like any sort of convenience for the future you know no no peace of mind is like when you go back in your apartment to make sure you unplugged your iron you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. like that's like peace of mind. A, a guy, you think about it, man. If you like look back on your whole life when you were on your deathbed and you're like, man, I spent nearly an entire day trying to get one guy's autograph that I paid for. Like, right. I, I don't know if I could feel good about that. I yeah, I, you know, peace of mind would be if you. I would even say like it could be like if you waited in line. Because if you got there later, you'd have to pay, you know, like, yes, say anyone who shows up like after like fr- on Friday afternoon has to pay. But if you line up Thursday night, you don't have to pay like that would qualify. But this guy is like in line and he's still going to pay two hundred dollars and it's only one guy. And it's just <laughs> it's again, it's just like it's it's more absurdity with like it's that's the absurd side of the con- of the convention and definitely the Facebook group and. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I will have to do like a, a Facebook, like we like should group, like check in pre convention next year. Just well, yeah, we idiots we, are talking about. Yeah. would be a good, uh, that, yeah, that would be a good pre con episode. Um, yeah, I think to summarize the whole convention, Jeremy, um, this was something we, uh, that was kind of unintentional. We hadn't planned it, but I think it was, it was some very good unintentional comedy. Um, I said the number of autographs I got first and I think it was 25, <laughs> and I, I legitimately was, I did not take many breaks from getting autographs. I mean, I maybe took 20 minutes to sit down here or there, but generally speaking, like I was going into a line every time, every, every session and get, getting at least one guy, you know, it filled up my whole, my whole weekend. And so I said how many guys I got <laughs> and you got a comically larger number than I did. You got almost three times as many as I did, man. what did you get? 64 autographs. Yeah, I th- I threw out my little sheet of paper that like had the uh, info on it, but yeah, yeah. something like in the sixties for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's comical, man. So I mean, like you said, you really showed how a person can feast at one of these, like if they do yeah. it right. So yeah, man, anybody anybody who complains, you can just wave that number in their face. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I just the the like the complaining is just like, shut up, man. It's like, do you like, I don't want to be like the kind of guy who's like, look at all the autographs I got, but it's like, 
you almost have to just to shut these people up. It's crazy. No, for anyway. sure. Um, yeah. So that was a, that was good times. Um, yeah, definitely already looking forward to, uh, looking forward to next year. I don't know if it's peace of mind, but like we will have gotten guys like Gary Matthews. Uh, so we right. don't need to, we don't need to worry about them next year. So that'll be, that'll be good. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's, it's always cool to see like the, those kind of like, you know, fringe guys who, who they invite, like, you know, like two years ago, Darwin Barney this year would have been like Les Lancaster, yep. Manny trio. So I'm looking forward to some of those, like those one-offs that they, that they get next year. So that'll, that'll make it all worth it. I think. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to the worst of fame? Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. let's get into it. We've, we've, we got almost like three and three and a quarter episodes out of the Cubs convention at this point. So, yeah, yeah, it, let's, in, yeah let's, insane. That, yeah, that's the kind of material it gives you. Um, okay, yeah, so before we get into our new new candidates for this year, um, we should say that uh, so the, the new guys on the ballot are all guys whose last season was 2018, um, which is also true of the guys who are uh, the, fir- the first guys, first balloters for the Hall of Fame this year. So Adrian Beltre... Uh, uh, Joe Maurer were first ballot Hall of Famers. Their last season was 2018. So all of the all of the new guys on our ballot um, uh, are are of that uh, of that ilk. Um, we the the Veterans Committee was optional this year. We were going to choose four four uh, four new guys for the ballot, possibly one Veterans Committee if we chose so. And there were two carryovers: uh, Bill Ripken and Ricky Weeks. Um, we determined that um, just like the Hall of Fame. There is a limited number of years that a guy can be on a ballot before he falls off. We determine that number is going to be three uh, because we've. This is our our uh, uh, this is our third year doing it, right? Yeah, Jack. Bill Ripken has uh, survived the the vote the the ballot three different times, and mm-hmm. um, much like uh, you know, like I think Edgar Martinez might have got in on his last mm-hmm. vote. Uh, yep. Yeah, so he's he's kind of like this is his last shot, basically. So we'll see. Yeah, so that could influence our vote as well. Jeremy and I will each get four votes. Um, if if a guy gets one vote, he moves on. Um, if he gets no votes, he's off. So all he needs is one vote to move on. And if he gets both of our vote, he is elected. Yep, exactly. So should awesome. be should be interesting. Okay, um, well, we can get to those guys last, since I think that's the most... Um, we can vote on those guys last. I don't know that we need to... We, we Maybe we can rehash their careers right before we do the final vote. But let's get to the yeah. new guys first. Um, yeah. Jeremy, let uh, who is the first new guy on your 2018 ballot? Well, Jack, I looked at the guys who you know retired in 2018 and the first-year eligible guys. Um, and, uh, man, I, my eyes went to this guy right away, and I had to... I He had... he. He never like, you know, we were deciding like how many guys we would nominate. And so I was like toying about taking this guy off or that guy off. This guy had to remain on my ballot. Jack, it is none other than the outfielder, Chris Young. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he caught my eye as well. Um, Yeah. So tell me why you put him on there. I mean, Jack, I mean, throughout my whole like, you know, and these guys like we're getting more and more into guys who like I feel like we were really on top of their, their whole careers. Mm-hmm. You know, even like a guy like last year, like a Mike Pelfrey or something, or like a Jeremy Guthrie, like maybe I wasn't super tuned into their careers um, when they started. But like Chris Young, I just, I remember his whole career. And it just seemed to me like he was always like, you know, he, he had home run power, um, but his average was just horrible. His strikeouts were like, I feel like he struck out a lot. And like, he just like, 
it's just one of those guys I feel almost like I I shouldn't say like a Kyle Schwarber, but like just like I remember at some point, Jack, like I posed you to you the question, like, you know, how would you feel about having Kyle Schwarber on your team? Like, you know, he's going to hit like 40 homers or whatever, 35 to 40 homers, but he's going to hit 210 and strike out a bunch. So it's like it's it's like is the reward worth the the you know the sacrifice of all the other stuff and i just always felt like chris young was that kind of guy um he he, his 162 game average is 21 homers per year which is pretty good but like he's a career 235 hitter a career 743 ops and just like was a starter for like the whole half of his first half of his career um and you know it just the home numbers were there, but I just feel like he was kind of just like feast or famine, basically. And he didn't really, I, I guess he kind of walked a decent amount, but not enough to to counterbalance the strikeouts, I just feel. And so, like, yeah, just, I just feel like he was just a, a highly unsatisfying, probably frustrating player as a fan of the D-backs, if, if you were yeah, watching for him sure. day in and day um, Yeah, he had some good years for the D-backs, but I, I feel like the last seven years of his career, he was just resting on the laurels of the first, you know, couple of kind of good years that he had with the, the Diamondbacks. He bounced around at the end of his career, too, but um, yeah, it's just a, a, lot of, a lot of low averages, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of low numbers of, like, you know, games played i don't know i don't know if he was injured or just you know never in the lineup but uh yeah, yeah his stats stats are really uh, pretty unimpressive uh, he's got a 22.4 percent strikeout ratio Oof. of his career and they i i just noticed this recently on baseball reference but they they post mlb averages below that and so like i don't know if it's it must be during the years that he played what the av- what the mlb average was so the mlb average was 19.4% and he was at 22.4% so okay. a good 3% above the mlb average of strikeout percentage um so that i think that's that's a bummer um uh, the one thing i'll say about him i guess is that he was a 16th round pick and mm-hmm. I think that that is something you need to take into consideration. He was also a one-time All-Star, which I feel like we've had that argument before. It's like I think everyone will make the All-Star team at some point. Yes. Like even the worst guys. So like, but yeah, I just um, I don't know. I had to have him on my list for sure. Nice, that's a good one. Um, okay, uh, I'll uh, I'll get my first guy. Um, uh, this is a guy who immediately stuck out to me. Um, y- Jeremy, the the Hall of Fame has a thing where um you know a, a guy can get extra extra points or like an, a, a a criteria for the hall of fame is a guy who um you know really added a lot to the game uh, did a lot of charitable thing charitable things was just an all-around great guy um i, I sort of feel like the, the opposite should be true of the worst of fame you know if this yeah. guy was just a total asshole like he should get he should get uh that that should make him a better candidate for the worst of fame um and so my first guy is going to be none other than bud norris yep Um, jack that's uh i thought you were gonna go there he's on my ballot too jack fantastic um so I, i think we can say that he has a really good chance of getting elected um yeah as a pitcher just completely underwhelming uh statistics over a 10 year career um with houston baltimore san diego atlanta los angeles dodgers and angels and st louis yep. you know you you wonder jeremy or you always hear like yeah maybe a guy maybe there's a reason a guy uh keeps bouncing around to a lot of teams because you know no team can stand him yeah. i think uh I, I think that this is um one of those cases uh career career era of 445 
um, career record of 67 and 90 for what that's worth. That's a lot of that's a lot of games under 500 um, and a big sample size too. Yeah, 4.45 ERA and uh, over 1,200 innings. So um, you know, I, I think we have enough to to judge him on. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the off the field stuff too. Um, yeah. He uh, in 2018 he was on the same team as a then 21 year old Jordan Hicks. Um, you know the the the, fa- the best fireballer, best young fireballer in the league. And they said that Bud Norris was just riding him relentlessly, just giving him crap about every possible thing to the point where Jordan Hicks was really not cool with it. Um, Jordan Hicks was actually a- asked in the press, like, yeah, how do you feel about this? And he's like, yeah, I got I got no comment on it. Um, Mike Matheny's comment on it, though, was he said, um, I think the game has progressively gotten a little softer. Man, it had some teeth not that long ago. Um, so, you know, I, I looked at Mike Matheny's stats and unfortunately they're not bad enough for me to put him in the veterans committee, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what, what a complete, uh, utter disgrace and a crap show. And if you look at Bud Norris's headshot on yeah. baseball reference, it's almost like they were clowning him with that. Like he, he looks, he, that, that headshot alone should put him in the worst of fame. Yeah. You know, it's funny cause it's not even his like newest headshot. And no. I, f- I almost feel like guys, have their newest maybe when they retire they just put like the team that they're most known for but like he's his headshot is him on the the Astros and uh that was a team he started with um and there's a if you look he has he's got like a Phillies headshot that probably was his last professional headshot but they yeah they have the worst and the, the Astros one is by far the worst of the three um, yes. and that's the one that they have as his main headshot. So yeah, possibly, <laughs> um, they, they chose, uh, it for that. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, for all those same reasons, I feel like Bud Norris, um, should, uh, should be, uh, you know, definitely on the ballot, if not uh, a first ballot worst of famer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm looking at his numbers too. And it's like, he probably he kind of he had an arguably good season his last year um with the with the Cardinals a 3.59 ERA and 28 saves but yeah. then like yeah but it's like no one still wanted to sign him you know like after that <laughs> uh it wasn't enough to like and he was 33 years old at the time so yeah, it's he like he probably had a few years left yeah so i just think like the league decided that like fuck this guy um and rightfully so um but yeah no his numbers are his career numbers are are crap um as a starter, I feel like his his ERA was like well over like in the high fours, probably pushing probably pushing five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, I mean, it wasn't even that much better as a reliever, but he had like kind of like two somewhat salvageable years at the end of his career as a relief mm-hmm. pitcher. But um, but yeah, just it's just like one of those things. Like I remember we talked about it at the time. Like um, I wonder if we, I think we might have even talked about it on the podcast, but like. Uh, yeah, it's crazy that some of these guys now have retired in the era of our of our podcast. That's kind of crazy. For sure. Yeah, about. this would have been uh, the first season of our podcast in 2018. Yeah, so these guys, some of, we might have seen some of these guys play. But, like, I remember just, it's just like Jordan Hicks was throwing 103 miles per hour. He was, like, the talk of the league. And you got this fucking loser, Bud Norris, like, riding him. And it's like, don't even talk to the guy. You shouldn't even talk to him, let alone fucking, like, like ride him. So that was... Yeah, super annoying. And then, of course, his bonehead manager backed him up. Um, so <laughs> it's just fucking, it's just the worst of the worst. Um, 
I, you know, I think I, I don't know if we even talked about it on the podcast, but I remember sharing you the clip. I, I came across my feed recently, but like the, the Buck Showalter clip about like, um, uh, you know, like hazing your teammates and he like he mm-hmm. went off on it and he's like why do that you know it's like the guy's wearing your uniform he's like why don't you help him out and make his path a little easier like i know i don't get that i don't like that and like i'm like wow what an amazing like take uh by a guy who's been around in the league for for a long time uh and then you got these two idiots bud norris and mike Matheny, like like uh prolonging this the stupidity of of the hazing stuff so yeah i mean i can't say enough bad things about bud norris awesome well uh i think we can say the the worst thing of all when we when we elect him um so that'll be that'll be good um jeremy who's your next guy um all right jack i had to go so i i don't know if you mentioned this when um when uh you were running down the the current members but like you know, we do have we talked about it last year. We do have a lot of uh, pitchers in the yep. in the hall, um, and so I actually went pretty heavy on like the position players this year. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so another guy that I have on my list that I just couldn't help, but I kind of feel the same way about him as Chris Young. He didn't have as much power as Chris Young, but he just seemed like a guy who like just couldn't hit for like an average that was um, like sustainable or like uh, serviceable. And I, I don't know if his, I feel like his defense wasn't that great. Um, and I think that he got shipped away from his original team, maybe for personality issues as well. Um, and that is Colby Rasmus. Ooh, yeah. He, uh, 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 he was on my radar too. I, I like that. And I know we saw him play too in Detroit uh, when he was on the, the Rays. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there you go. I honestly, the, the only thing that Colby Rasmus in my mind is known for is when he was on Houston and they like made the uh, playoffs and he was like walking around shirtless with like those ski goggles on. He looked like Brett, the Hitman heart. Um, <laughs> he was like, his hair was like, he had long ratty hair and it was like dripping in beer or champagne. And he looked like Brett, the Hitman heart. Um, and I actually own a Colby Rasmus bobblehead of that, like that look. Nice. Um, so, but like, yeah, the guy was, I mean, you know, again, maybe it's cause he was a Cardinal, but like he, he had some like home run numbers. Again, his average was, I guess his, his 162 game average was 25 homers per year, but 241 average again, 745 OPS for like an outfielder, um, is not really, it's not going to cut the mustard. Plus he was a first round pick. He was picked yep. 20, 28th overall by the Cardinals, uh, in 2005 and you know just like i mean i i have no problem with the cardinals first round draft pick not panning out but i'm sure it's not what the cardinals wanted he ended up playing with the 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 blue jays the astros and then yeah bounced around like the rays and the the orioles at the end of his career i mean he was again done by 31 years old and Mm -hmm. uh let me see what his strikeout his strikeout percentage was 26.9 and the average was 20 percent so another guy way above the uh the strikeout um average for his for his uh, peers uh during his playing career so yeah i just i had to go colby rasmus um yeah i like it uh and i i remember too jeremy you commenting uh we yes we we this was 2017 so before the podcast but um you know you mentioned uh what a what a weird looking guy colby rasmus was too yeah. I, I think at the time he was sporting like a mustache and long um curly greasy hair so yeah yeah just yeah he's uh he's embraced the looks that he's embraced in his career have all been bad 
<laughs> um, all right, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good one. So yeah, I, I leaned a little bit heavy on the position players too. Three out of my four guys that I chose were, were position players, and um, here's the first one. And I, I, I almost chose this just to piss Dennis off, but I chose De- Devin Mezzarocco. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, um, Devin Mezzarocco. Yeah. First of all, uh, you know, uh, the old red Devin Mezzarocco. He was a first round pick of the Cincinnati Reds. So you've mentioned the pedigree of of you know some of these guys. Colby Rasmus, um, Chris Young being a surprise at a 16th round pick. Devin Mezzarocco was a, a pick 15th overall in two in 2007. Um, he's from uh, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. He kind but, of resembles uh, a groundhog a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually he does. Yeah, another another strange looking guy. I, I feel like I say this about a lot of people, but he looks like Glenn Jacobs, the wrestler, uh, Kane without his mask. Yes. Um, in his headshot, he looks very much like that. I, I, um, I think we've had the same conversation on the podcast before, because then I said he looked like the guy from The Machinist. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, I've never seen that actor in anything else. Um, <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, his stats are uh, are very bad. Um, uh, he, well, career two thirty two hitter. Uh, I think you know he was supposed to be a catcher who could hit. He had one good year, like Chris Young. Yeah. He made one All Star team in twenty fourteen. Uh, his numbers are good, especially for a catcher. Twenty five homers, eighty RBIs, two seventy three batting average. So that's pretty good. But for the rest of his career after that, he was just hurt. Um, yeah. uh, you know, he maybe played a combined uh, you know two hundred plus games over the next five seasons after that so or uh, four seasons so um yeah yeah really not good um and i was looking at those reds teams too uh from 2015 to 2018 before he was traded to the mets for the the last few games of his career um and it almost seems like tucker barnhart had a career because devin mesoraco got hurt Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tucker Barnhart became the everyday catcher for, for those, those Reds teams that I mentioned. Um, and I, I'm sure that the, the plan was for Mezzarocco to be their, you know, their catcher of the future. But once he was, um, out of the picture, Tucker Barnhart came along and, you know, years later he would, he would go to the Cubs. So that's kind of interesting. I, I bet <laughs> Barnhart's career would have taken a different trajectory if it hadn't been for Mezzarocco getting hurt. But, uh, yeah, you want to talk about frustrating players. I'm sure if you were a Reds fan, you were frustrated that Mezzarocco just couldn't get healthy enough to get on the field. Um, 2015 and 2016, he played a combined 39 games. In those seasons, he hit 178 and 140. And then the next year, he hit 213. So yeah. that's just not that's just not going to cut it, especially for a guy who they, you know, probably in, invested that many, uh, many hopes in. Uh, but I will say this. I mean, on a positive side, apparently he was a good signer because Dennis was, you know, <laughs> talking about those halcyon days of yore when, uh, you know, Mezzarocco and Bruce and Frazier, you know, all these guys <laughs> would sign. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he's gotten Devin Mezzarocco like, you know, 25 times. So, yeah. you know, there is that. But, uh, yeah, overall, uh, I, I, you know, that's that's why for me, Devin Mezzarocco is, is on this list. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, I bet Dennis would like wouldn't even think of of ever throwing a vote for him for a worst of fame just based <laughs> off of his his uh, personal interest in the situation. Yeah, um, right. Well, Jack, I so I had Devin Mazzarocco on my fantasy team. I'd have to go back and look. Um, I almost want to say that I'm in a dynasty league um, with mm-hmm. with with uh, uh, former guest Ben Perkins. Um, we're we're in we're in the same fantasy baseball league. I don't know if I've ever, ever mentioned that on the podcast, but. The league yeah. that I always refer to, I'm also in that with Ben. But um, uh, you know, and it's a so it's a dynasty league, so you can keep a guy forever if you want. 
Um, uh-huh. You can keep eight guys per year. And I'm I'm pretty sure I kept Devin Mezzarocco. I think I had him in 2014 when he had an amazing year. And I yep. almost want to say that I kept him for that next year, and it was a complete bust. And then sure. I, obviously I cut I cut bait on him. But, like, yeah, I mean – he deserves some some uh, consideration just because he had such he had one great year and then just like was like his numbers they're almost non-existent. Um, yep. He played thirty nine games in the next two years after that. Yeah. Like that's crazy. And then only fifty six mm-hmm. the year after that. So like he barely even played again after that year. It's just like it's 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 criminal like and yeah i i remember that that like barnhart i like i knew barnhart wasn't the hitter that masaraka was that one year but he was playing because masaraka was was hurt and is just super annoying um so yeah i think uh i yeah you've you know you you kind of sold his case for me for a little bit yeah wonderful um cool well who, who you got for number three all right, Jack. Well, this is my last guy, really, because because okay. um, I had Bud Norris also. Yeah. Um. So I had to go. This was he was my um, because like I said, Jack, we we can sit. We talked about possibly only having three guys on our ballot, and then this guy was my my impetus to extend it to 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 uh you know appeal for the extension of the ballot because I felt like I needed to get this guy on my ballot. You might have him too, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I had to go with Pedro Alvarez. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely was what had my eye on him for sure. Yeah, um, and again, I think some of these factors played into played into it for me. Um, the guy was the second overall pick in the yep. draft. I remember um, when he was drafted. Yeah, yeah, and um, he um, he's like he's Dominican Republican, like he's yeah, he's Dominican, but like um, went to Vanderbilt. I think he grew yep. up in New York, but yeah, he went to Vanderbilt, and I feel like. You know, I I do I try to follow college baseball as much as possible these days, um, as much as someone who doesn't live in a college town um, can. And obviously, you follow like if you follow college football or college baseball, you know about Vanderbilt. And I just mm-hmm. I feel like Vanderbilt kind of has a reputation for producing a lot of pitchers, but not a lot of position players, or their position players are kind of like busts, uh, with maybe the exception of like Dansby Swanson, but. Um, but yeah, I I have to imagine that Pedro Alvarez was probably part of that reputation, um, being the second overall pick. Um, I think he was probably drafted as a third baseman, and yep. just like never had a good career and struck out a shit ton. He struck out more than the other guys. Um, so you know he had some power. Um, he he had two seasons of thirty homers or more. Um, he led the league. This this, this might be. You know his. This might be the you know the 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 force that keeps him out. But like he did lead the league in homers in 2013, but he also led the league in strikeouts. Yep. So and the the homer number was not that impressive. 36. Yeah, homers were down those couple years, 2013, I, 2014. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that must have been a year that they like overcorrected for like the you know the juiced balls or something. Right. So um so yeah, 36 homers with the Pirates. He made the All Star team. Um, but he struck out 186 times, um, a career 236 hitter, um, and a 757 OPS. Uh, and then he's just, but I just, yeah, I mean, I think we both remember when he came into the league and he, I remember he came into the league the same year, the same time as Buster Posey and Carlos Santana. And, um, mm-hmm. I remember I had, uh, 
I had um, Pedro Alvarez on my fantasy team because it was the the keeper of the Dynasty League. And I went to a game that was the Pirates minor league versus the Indians minor league. And I saw Carlos Santana and Pedro Alvarez both play in that game. Um, And then like a week later, they both got called up or something. But um, it was... uh, there was a lot of fanfare around him coming up to the majors. And like, yep. luckily again, as a Cubs fan and a rival division rival, um, he didn't pan out and that's good for the Cubs, but like, yeah, just, just atrocious, uh, average numbers. Um, his strikeout percentage was eight, it was 28.7%. Yep. When the average was 20.3. So, um, just the guy struck out way too much. I don't even think his off his defense was very good e- either. No, it was it was bad, and I, I think they had to move him off third base because it was his defense wasn't good. So they ended yeah. up putting him at first. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the hapless Pirates um, just couldn't develop a guy. Um, they they had this second pick overall, and like he just didn't end up becoming what they needed him to become, basically. So I mean, like if he was mashing, he was he played the same years as uh, uh, Andrew McCutcheon. I think yep. in in Pittsburgh, it's like if he had if they had both of those guys performing at the top of their game, um, you know they could have been a force to be reckoned with. But uh, he just couldn't hold up his end of the bargain. No man, um, yeah. When when you hear about Pedro Alvarez or when you think about him, all you think about is bust. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. He there was that one year where he you know led the league in homers with thirty six. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just. Uh, you know, the guy just couldn't, couldn't, he was out of the league by 31. He never played even in the minors again after that. So I, I think that everybody just, I don't know if he went overseas to go play. It's not on baseball reference, but um, yeah, uh, for the second overall pick with, like you said, as much fanfare as, as he had coming up, um, you know, and he was kind of a throwback too to the, he was a big guy. I remember, um, yeah. you know, kind of a, almost like a Cecil Fielder type of guy, but, but from the left side of the plate, uh, yeah, it just and it just didn't happen. And we saw him play a couple times. I don't know if ever. I don't think we ever saw him for the podcast, but we we went to a few games where he played. I remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just just not just not good. No. No. So had to be on the ballot. I like it. I like it. Um. So yeah, that was the last uh, new guy that you had. Yes, it is. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll, I'll my my two guys are kind of similar. Um. Uh, so I'll just do them at the same time. The first guy is Adam Rosales. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah, uh, so, you know, Adam Rosales, he's actually from Chicago, Illinois, uh, went to Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, where we visited. Uh, but yeah, um, this is one of those guys where you just, you look at his uh, his career, and you just kind of scratch your head at, at why he kept sticking around, or, you yeah. know, he played for a bunch of different teams, Oakland, Texas, Cincinnati, Arizona, San Diego, Cleveland, played a, uh, a, a total of 651 games in his career, he hit 226. Um, and you know, he played a, a whole bunch of different positions, second, short, third. Um, I wonder if he played every position on the diamond. I'm going to look that up real fast if I can find his defensive stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, he, uh, he played some outfield. Um, I, I guess he just kind of stuck around by being like a Swiss army knife, but he was never very good. He was never a, a starting level player. Um, just, uh, just kind of a bum basically. Do you remember Adam Rosales? Yeah, Jack, I'm going to ask you, do you remember what he's known for? Adam Rosales. Um, I mean, I, I he, no, no, I, I don't. What, what is he known? So for? I think he might have the fastest home run trot in the history of baseball. Oh um, wow! Okay. He, if you like, if if you can like YouTube really quick, his home run trots. Like he was known for having like having a fast home run trot, and like it trot is not. So 
you shouldn't even say trot, but he, so it says, um, uh, Rosales sprinted around the bases in 15.88 seconds, besting his own home run trot record. Um, wow. So, yeah. So I think, I don't know if that's the, the record, but like, yeah, he would like, he would famously like, like run faster on the bases if he hit a home run. I don't think he hit that many of them, but, uh, no, I was going to say for a guy who hits so few of them, he should have taken his time a little more when he got one. Right. It was almost like, you know, it's like the, the old, school says like you know don't pimp your homers like just put your head down and run the bases but this was almost like the opposite like it was almost like insulting <laughs> how fast he ran around the bases and sure so so yeah it's um it's kind of funny uh like that's what i know him for for sure um yeah um so, yeah. uh it, it's almost like pete rowe was sprinting to first on a walk um yeah uh, I, which i think he used to do but it's like that joke being taken to its it's like logical conclusion um but yeah so uh so rosales was one and then i had another one um but i i kind of i had kind of dropped him at first um just because he he was similar to rosales but pedro florimone oh okay yeah i definitely have to look him pr- up <laughs> yeah um do you, do you remember him at all did he play on the Giants? Uh, no, he was on the uh, the Orioles, the Twins for three years, the Pirates for two years, and the Phillies for two years. Uh, you probably don't remember him because he he only played over fifty games in a season two times. Okay. Um, he was the Twins' everyday shortstop in uh, twenty thirteen. Um, uh, he played one hundred and thirty four games for them that year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, his his batting stats are abysmal. <laughs> Um, a, yeah. a 211 batting average. Uh, he had two consecutive seasons. He didn't play much, but he hit under under 100 in both of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's comical to want to see in print. It, yeah, it really not good. Now, now here's why I I would pick Rosales over him if I had a vote. Um, it, because Rosales played. Uh, they were I mean similar players. Rosales had 226 for his career, but um, you know Rosales played two times as many games as he did. Uh, I think Rosales played 651 games. I'm seeing 321 for, for Florimone. So um, there's a reason the guy didn't get to 600 games played, um, you know, because of his bat. And, you know, no matter how good your glove is, you got to be able to hit just a little bit. I, I do think maybe he was an okay glove guy. But, um, yeah, yeah, those uh, th- that, that average and those batting numbers just aren't it. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> it's sad. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't say that I have any Pedro Florimone memories. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually pretty telling. I mean, Jeremy, he should get into the worst of fame for that. The guy, the guy played parts of eight seasons, and you have no memory of him. Right? Yeah, I know. I feel like I know the name, but like I couldn't have told you if he was a pitcher or a batter. And sure. And then yeah, like I'm like, was he a? I might be thinking of Pedro, maybe Feliz, maybe like. Sure. Yeah, there was Pedro giant. Feliz. He was on, he was on the Giants. That was yeah. who you were thinking of. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there you go. So. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, right. that's, that's a funny one though, for sure. Adam Rosales did jump out to me a little bit just because I'm like, I can't, couldn't believe that he played that many years. Sure. Yeah. He, he's like, uh, I have a feeling maybe Charlie Culberson's going to find his way on the ballot in a few years. So, you know, like he, the, him and Rosales and Culberson are kind of the same, same type of player I, to me. I, they just did, um, that TA 27 guy, whatever his name is, just did Charlie, a Charlie Culberson card. Uh-huh. Um, and cause I guess he's making a comeback as a pitcher or he's trying to make a comeback oh, as a pitcher. Oh god, really? Yeah. So it's like I didn't think we would ever hear Charlie Culberson's name again, but <laughs> Right. Uh yeah, good uh, good to know. Maybe we'll see him this year. Um okay, yeah. So and then there's our two uh our two guys um from last year, 
the famous Ricky Weeks, yeah, and also also Bill Ripken as well uh, are two yeah. are two holdovers. I have them pulled up if you if you want me to go over their yeah. stats really quick. Yeah, so great. Just a reminder for Ricky Weeks. So I voted for Ricky Weeks last year. Um, I think I think maybe we both um, nominated him, but yep. um, but yeah. So just like a guy who again, I mean. I have to go back and look to see how many of these guys were in the NL Central. I guess, I guess yeah. already in the Hall there aren't that many. Well, no, that's not true. Bill Hall, Marquis, um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm noticing now that like I dra- gravitate a lot to towards these guys who played in the uh, NL Central. But um, Ricky Weeks uh, played 14 years, mostly with the Brewers. Um, uh, career 246 uh, hitter. Um, 764 OPS. Um, definitely struck out a lot, and uh, just a disappointment overall. Se- another second overall pick. Who yep. Just, yeah, uh, it's, I was gonna say same pedigree as Alvar- Pedro Alvarez. Yeah. Right. So that's interesting there. Um, that could that could hurt Ricky Weeks this year to have Alvarez on the ballot, or it could maybe maybe hurt uh, Alvarez. We'll see. But right. um, but yeah. So that's Ricky Weeks, and then Billy Ripken was someone who I think I nominated two years ago. Yep. And I voted for him, and then I didn't vote for him last year, but Jack did vote for him, so he he yep. remained on the ballot in the most like unlikeliest of ways. Ah. And this is his last year on the ballot. I don't know, Jack. We haven't decided <laughs> if a guy doesn't make it on the ballot if he gets eligible for like some sort of special committee and how many years. It <laughs> yeah, has like to like be. what happens in real life. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in like <laughs> it's like in ten years he can be <laughs> eligible again if we're still doing this podcast. Um, but uh, this is his last chance, and. I mean, what more do we need to say about Billy Ripken? I mean, just right. we know the story. He's he hit twenty career home runs in twelve years, um, two forty seven batting average, six twelve OPS. He was bad. He's kind of like he was kind of like the Adam Rosales of his day. Yeah. If Adam Rosales' brother was one of the best players in baseball, and his dad was <laughs> one of the best managers, and and he had fuckface written on his card. So there you go. Like right. it's just. There's too much there for Billy Ripken. His, his his reputation precedes him. So there you go. Well, Jeremy, um, uh, I think it's it's time to get into the voting. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I think like we had to, we kind of like vamped a little bit while we kind of finalized our votes. Do you do you like? Um... Yeah, sure. So I I think I think since I think we both um uh, yeah okay you're right we did we did we did vamp a little bit um so you know what is. What what I guess do you wanted to go first with your first vote. Well, I yeah I mean I but are you like uh, do you have your votes? Do you have like? Uh, yes I yes I do. Okay. Um. When we got to vote for three, is that correct? Uh. Uh. Yes. I think we Did said we... I think we said we were gonna do three this year. Okay. So I got two, and let me just decide if I want to throw a vote for a guy to keep him on the ballot. Do we, I think we said said this up top but if, if they get one vote they stay on the ballot if they get two they're in yeah um yeah i think um yeah i okay this is tough this is the same I, well uh, did we say we were going to maybe do four votes did we i yeah four four votes each i think is what we said we were going to do okay then i'm going to use all four of mine just in the spirit of um, I i will as well okay all right, Jack. Well, um, yeah. So my first vote. Uh huh. Um. Well, Jack, I'm just gonna go out and say that I voted for Bud Norris. Me too. 
Uh, right, I think yeah, go. that's a, that's a slam dunk. Bud Norris is the Mariano Rivera of the 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 worst of fame. Like just yeah. get him in there. So bum 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 elected to the 2024 worst of fame, Bud Norris. Love um, it. Just real quick, Jack. Uh, I I don't know how that, I've never told this story before, but um, former guest of the podcast, uh, Mark Bubblebath, um, had some friends who like were movers, uh-huh. and and they were like not like you know, like two guys in a moving truck or like, uh, uh, whatever the fucking like windy city movers were. They were, they were just like an independent group of guys who just had a van and would like move people. Sure. And one time they, and Mark would sit in with them and help them out or something and make a couple bucks for the day or something. And one time they moved Bud Selig. Are you serious? Yeah. They moved oh. like, but I don't, and I don't know how these guys did because they were just like, some boneheads who just had a yeah. van. Why would Bud Selig hire these guys to move them? I have no idea. I have no idea. And so Mark told the story. I, you know, if I knew Mark was, would come on rec- like soon, I would just have him tell the story. I hate to, this is his story to tell, but I've got to tell it anyway. So they were like, he, Mark told me the story. They were moving like a painting uh, of Bud Selig's. And one of the guys, <laughs> one of the guys, farted on the the painting and he goes like take that button butt selig <laughs> he called him butt selig <laughs> as he farted on his painting so um i only bring that up because when i when i think of bud norris i think of butt norris so so there you go <laughs> you got we got to get mark on sometime to tell that to tell that story again man we do we do um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just it's unbelievable. I don't know how that's a fucking story, but it is. So there you go. So Bud Norris, thanks for giving us that anecdote and thanks for being a fucking creep and congratulations on your election. Excellent. Um I I'm going to go with uh with with my uh my next vote, Jeremy. Um I'm going to vote for Devin Mazzarocco. Okay, nice. Yep. Yep. Um I did not vote for Devin Mazzarocco, but you made a good point about him and i'm glad that he's on the ballot for next year at least perfect love it how about what what's your next vote all right jack well um i'm gonna i'm just gonna go out and just say it and just see what happens um jack i had to throw a vote for bill ripkin uh i voted for bill ripkin too yes all right yep. bill Rip- i don't know he was robbed it's 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 a travesty that it took him three ballots to make the worst of fame, but he's in. God damn it! So that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like uh, I think Eddie Matthews took a bunch of ballots to get in. So yeah, uh, yeah. There you there you go. Um, awesome. You know, Jeremy, I hate nepo babies. So there you go. I had to I had to put him in. There you go. Yeah, right. In this case, it's good to be a nepo baby because it gets you into the worst of fame. So right, 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 right. Very nice. All right. All right, I think we righted a wrong uh, on that one, which is good. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, I've given, th- I've told three of my four votes. I'll, I'll give my last one. Uh, Jeremy, yeah, yeah, you really convinced me, and you got me thinking about it, and I had my eye on him too. So I'm gonna pick Pedro Alvarez for wow. my last vote. Wow, uh, a third member into the hall of, of the worst wow. of fame, Pedro Alvarez. I threw him a vote as well, Jack. Nice. Wow. wow, we got three guys in, man. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty. That's and it's. A, I didn't think we would get. Uh, I didn't think we'd get three in. That's no, no, no. Good. That's good. So yeah, we got we got Bud Norris, Pedro Alvarez, and Bill Ripken, all new elects. Uh, that's the same number of guys who got elected to the actual Hall of Fame, which is cool. Yeah. And we've got Devin Mezzarocco surviving for another year. And um, uh, Jack, I got uh, one more vote too. 
Oh, yeah. Who do you got? So, Jack, I threw one vote on Colby Rasmus just for the hell of it. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> that, that was more of a, like, yeah, more of a, like, keep him on the ballot sort of thing. So Yeah. So he'll he'll get a chance to, to, to you know, state his case um, for, for 2025. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's he survives with one vote. You know, Jeremy, I wasn't gonna cool. Yeah, and I, I wasn't gonna vote for this guy anyway. But he, we we should we should say that he's now falling off the ballot. But Ricky Weeks. Um, yeah. But wh- I will I will say one factor of why I didn't vote for him is I'm trying to get some good karma for when the Brewers come to town this year and we can try to get his autograph. Yeah, so, right. I know he's entered back. He's back entered into our lives again. Yes. Yeah. So like, like you said, I don't know if you said it on the air, but he seems like maybe the kind of guy who wouldn't sign. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, for some reason I have that feeling too, but we're going to see, we're going to find out this year. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's a, that's an interesting case. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's a valid case too. Um, I will say that I, if, if it makes you feel any better, Jack, um, you know, I've said, horrible things about some of the guys who I've had success with his autograph. So it might not. <laughs> yeah. J- Jason Hayward being example one a. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, you know, uh, it, it but it, it never hurt to, it never, it, it can never hurt to be, uh, overly cautious. So, no. um, so there you go. So Colby Rasmus and Devin Mesoraco, um, will remain on the ballot for next year and we'll see, um, who, who's eligible. Jack, I got to say real quick. Um, uh, I thought James Shields was a slam dunk for Me the too. worst of fame. And then I was just like looking at his numbers and I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, maybe he'll have a date with the veterans committee later on, but yeah, I couldn't, he was a f- career 401 uh, ERA guy and had a good start to his career. Obviously his big butt of the joke is that he was traded for uh, Fernando Tatis, but we almost telegraphed him getting in and he didn't end up on either one of our ballots. Yeah, I know. Uh, not only that, yeah, he also gave up the homer to Bartolo Colon too, so he right. had that, you know, that stain on him. Christ, man, I think I think at the end in Chicago they were calling him Big Lame James instead of big <laughs> instead of Big Game James. So that was, you know, he had a poor end to his career. Um, yeah, I he was somebody I was surprised. I looked at his stats. He he, he was on that the the at least one of those Royals teams too that went to the World Series. Right. So, yeah, he did some solid stuff. Yeah, most definitely. So, uh, so there you go. It's uh, you never you never know what can happen with this uh, worst of fame. But yeah, congratulations to the uh, the 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 class of twenty twenty four: Bud Norris, Bill Ripken, and Pedro Alvarez. Um, any I have I have a couple things to 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 follow up here, Jack. With do you have anything final thoughts with the hall with the worst of uh, fame? No, no, I don't. Okay, just two one thing really quick, Jack. Um, you know, pertinent to to what we do here, Jack. Did you hear that the White Sox hired a play-by-play guy? No, I didn't. Well, who did they hire? They hired some guy named John Schifrin or something, uh-huh. and they did it like on January 25th, and I completely missed it, and I'm glad you did too. Yeah, I, I I missed this as well. I feel like I've even been on on White Sox like the athletic their athletic site and stuff. I didn't yeah. see anything about that. I I figured you might not have because I figured we would have at least texted about it. But like I was um so this ties into my other point, which is that I'm going to spring training. Um, so I'm going to be going to spring training from February 20th to the 24th. It was a short trip, but um you know so I was starting to like plan out like I was looking at 40 man rosters and broadcasters and front offices of you know cards i should get or get customs made whatever and i looked at the white Sox broadcasters and i'm like well they didn't hire their play-by-play guy yet and i looked and it's like white Sox play-by-play guy 
and I'm just like, I didn't hear this story at all. This guy, <laughs> this guy's 29 years old. He like was a, he, he kind of has a similar pedigree to um, Benetti. Like he's done basketball games and stuff for ESPN, um, college stuff. But yeah, he's like 39 years old, like young guy, um, and just completely complete lack of fanfare of this guy being hired. I just couldn't believe that they hired a guy and we missed out on it. And it was like, you know, whatever, like two weeks ago or something at this point. Yeah, that is, uh, that's, that's very strange. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's been no chatter about it, especially since Benetti left. Um, it was such a big brouhaha when he left. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they tried to sweep the, the new hire under the rug. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, hit this guy. No, he's always been here. Yeah. Don't, don't think about that. Yeah. He's just, he's our guy. Um, so yeah, it's just bizarre and it's just more white Sox isms, you know? No, so. for sure. Yeah. The, the Cubs, they go out and hire Boogs, uh, Shambi and then the white Sox go get, go get this guy. Yeah. And this guy might be good too. He's a, I'm glad yeah. that he's like a young guy and stuff, but, um, I actually, if he ends up being great, I'll feel bad for him that no one was talking about him when he got hired. So I don't know, but, uh, so there's that. And then, um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to be going to spring training. Uh, my first time ever. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, I'll be there a couple days before games start and then I'll be there, um, for, uh, the first day of games. Um, actually there's one game on the Thursday that'll be there and then I'll be there for the first Cubs game, which is against the White Sox. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm super excited. It's like, I don't want to say it's like a dream come true, but it's like, it's something that it's something it's like a bucket list thing. So like, I've always wanted to go spring training. Not that it's like that hard to do, but my work schedule usually doesn't allow for it. So I booked the trip after much, uh, hemming and hawing. I actually thought that like the Cubs convention, like got the, all the autograph seeking out of my system for a couple months, but I had some time. So I'm going to spring training. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more than 65 autographs. Or at least <laughs> At least a plan to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to be – that. The, the biggest thing now is to figure out, like, how, how many cards to bring, how to pack them because I'm a light packer. I am, you know, whatever. I'm going to do one carry-on suitcase, so I'm just going to try to bring as much as I can and I have to accept the fact that there's probably going to be some guys that I don't have or forget or whatever. So we'll just see how that all goes. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I imagine we'll probably do one episode maybe before then. So, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, we can check in about that. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, I guess we can wrap this one up. Yeah. Um, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later.